Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the SI Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thank you for listening. On this week's show, we have a very interesting interview with Timothy Burke, who's also known as Bubba Prague on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, you know who he is. There's no way you don't. So here's the three reasons or the three storylines with, with Tim that... Uh, you may have known about, find interesting. First and foremost, he, along with Jack Dickey, at the time were at Deadspin, they broke the story about the Manti Teo girlfriend hoax story. There's a great new two-part series on Netflix about it, and he's a big part of it. So I wanted to have him on to talk about the documentary on Netflix and him breaking that story and everything that went into that. He also recently, Tim recently had a little Twitter thing with Sean Hannity where he put together a splice video of, about raids and Hannity was very unhappy and that became a thing. And Tim, AKA Bubba Prague on Twitter was really the first person who had the raw footage of the Will Smith slap of Chris Rock where you heard Will Smith curse out Chris Rock and it wasn't the ABC footage that was censored. He had the uncensored. So we get into how he does all this with video and his setup. It's really interesting and fascinating. So that's our main interview. And then we have train of thoughts with Sal Licata following that, where I go on another rant about streaming and we talk about the uh, NFL versus NBA Christmas day situation, a couple of other things before we get to those two parts of the podcast. Let me just remind you last week, Linda Cohn from ESPN was on the podcast along with Brian Gewertz from the WWE, not currently, but he was the head writer there from 1999 to 2012. So very interesting stuff there if you're a wrestling fan. 
Uh, two weeks ago, we celebrated our 400th episode. Also spoke to Rolling Stone's Alan Sepinball about what to watch on television this summer. John O'Ran three weeks ago about the latest sports media news. And Dave Meltzer on Vince, McTan's, Vince McMahon's retirement. Peter Schrager was on the pod recently as well. So check those all out in the archives and subscribe. Leave a review. Definitely 100% reading Apple reviews next week. So leave one if you want to hear it and uh, ask a question, whatever you want to do in the Apple review section. All right, let's get to this week's show. Timothy Burke, followed by Train of Thoughts with Sal Licata right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, if you're on Twitter, you have seen him come into your feed, whether you follow him or not, on a very regular basis. He's a former reporter for Deadspin, big part of the Manti Teo documentary, currently in a feud with Sean Hannity, someone I think is a fascinating online presence. Tim Burke, also known as Bubba Prague on Twitter. Tim, how are you? Hey, Jimmy, I'm having a great day. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. And I watched the Manti Teo. We're taping on Wednesday. I watched it on Tuesday. You're a big part of it. I want to get into it. Before we get into Manti Teo, a couple of other things. Let, let me start with the Hannity thing because it's current and it's amusing. You, for anyone not who, who doesn't know what's going on here, last week, Tim spliced together a video of Hannity and one of the Trump people um, ranting and raving about the FBI raid and spliced in Ron DeSantis sort of supporting the raid. And it was an cl- old clip of DeSantis supporting an old raid, not the one with Trump. And a lot of people thought it was real. And Hannity tweeted it, which, again, talk about just completely dumb tweeting something you don't want people to say just right out of the playbook of not knowing what you're doing. And it became a thing. So just tell me what this whole experience has been like for you. What's the backlash from the crazy mag is? Did Fox News ask you to take it down? What's been the the fallout from the very amusing video? Well, you know, if you're unfamiliar with the video, then you're 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 following the right people on Twitter. <laughs> I would say that you you have really you know, self-regulated your cir- your little circle of the internet if you're unfamiliar with it. And I, I would applaud anybody for doing that. You know, it's interesting because I, you know, I've been making videos that sort of point out hypocrisy or to be, I guess, a little more judicious inconsistencies in uh, politicians' statements for a really long time. I, even before I was, you know, on Twitter, or even that Twitter existed, it's just sort of always been a thing. And and look, it's a total ripoff from John Stewart and The Daily Show, who you know certainly I think made that an art form. And I just sort of have always kind of been attuned to remembering when politicians say certain things or have certain moments. And this isn't even the first time that I've sort of made a mashup like this. I made uh, several, I think, when I worked for the Daily Beast involving uh, like Tucker Carlson. And it's just sort of a thing that I've that I've kind of always done. And, you know, in this instance, I sort of had an idea. And I think, you know, I do a lot of just really silly things on on the internet that's it's just and i and again this is sort of the thing that i've that i've kind of always done and i i generally I, if i get an idea i limit myself to executing it in 15 minutes i've got enough other things going on in my life than to be wasting time on this sort of thing and if it's not funny or interesting or making a point in 15 minutes then i then i toss it and i just i delete the project and i move on so in this case you know i i spent you know a quarter of an hour um you know the clip with uh the clip with Hannity was already out there on Twitter. And then, 
uh, I knew that the Ron DeSantis was defending a raid that he had um, ordered on a critic of his here in Florida regarding COVID statistics back in 2020. And so I pulled up the video of that and I spliced it together and I, and I, you know, I made you know no effort toward trying to pass it off as being real. And I, to this day, don't understand how anybody could see that it was real. I mean, first of all, it, you know, it's night where Sean Hannity is and it's daytime where Ron DeSantis is, uh, which, you know, how could that be? Uh, the same six frames of Sean Hannity loop over and over for 90 seconds. Uh, it's just it's a it's a fairly obvious, you know, mashup. And so for whatever reason, uh, they, you know, a lot of people felt it necessary to to share it as if it were real uh and you know i and i you know 15 minutes or less right after i had tweeted it you know somebody had tweeted back at me you know oh this is fake and i you know i quote tweeted it in the you know the immediate tweet next to the video saying yeah i know i made it and even then it apparently wasn't enough to uh to 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 settle down the people who seemed outraged by the fact that I had made this this mashup. And, you know, I've, I've kind of been at war with with Ron DeSantis's office for a long time. And when one thing his spokesperson really likes to do is to you know attack me, even though she has me blocked on Twitter, which, you know, for 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 really, I think in the in the general purpose of talking about, you know, who you disagree with one of the most cowardly things that you can do is is block somebody and then criticize them because they have no way of seeing what you're saying about them and they have no way of responding to it. And I think that that's, you know, uh, I, I think that the idea of discourse commands that you be able to respond to your critics. I think that that's just a sort of a basic thing we understand in, in a democracy, right? So um, they, they really, really, you know, got upset about this. And then, you know, Hannity tweets it out and says, this is fake. Don't share this, which, of course, you know, that's the Streisand effect, right? He just <laughs> shared, you know, I have 110,000 followers or something. He's got millions and he just decided to share this thing out there. And the point was, of course, not to fool anybody. The point was to highlight that, you know, uh, was the was the raid, quote unquote, raid on Mar-a-Lago a raid or not? And you have, you know, uh, you know, Hannity and Laura Trump saying, oh, this was a raid. Of course, it was a raid. And then you have Ron DeSantis, who was defending his raid, saying it wasn't a raid. Right. It's just a funny contradiction. And so instead of, you know, them trying to disprove this fake video, it ended up just highlighting the you know inconsistencies in that sort of rhetoric. And the really weird thing to me, Jimmy, is that if if say someone did think it were real, they thought the video were real and that it was an actual appearance of Ron DeSantis on Sean Hannity defending the FBI um, seizing documents from Mar-a-Lago. If you thought it were real, your the only rational response to seeing that would be to conclude that Ron DeSantis were a uh, a rational person, that he was the sane voice in this conversation. And yet Ron DeSantis's people are all up in arms about this. They're very upset about a video that if it were perceived to be true, paints him in a good light. And that tells me a lot about the state of politics today. All right. So full disclosure here, I, I call people out all the time when they do dumb things. I did think it was real for a split second. Let me let me defend myself. It was one of those things where it popped into my feed. I watched it and I think 
so what went through my head was this is DeSantis setting himself up versus Trump in two years. And I was a little confused about because it, the way Hannity fought back, I was like, oh, this, you know, because Hannity's obviously team Trump. And I did. I texted it to two people. One, you know, who we'll talk about, Jack Dickey. And I, all I wrote was, this is delicious. And I will say, I then watched it again immediately and then wrote back, it's fake. I needed a second viewing because I think I got so excited. The fr- I got caught up in the excitement that I wanted it to be real. And I thought this was DeSantis sort of, because everyone thinks it's going to be DeSantis versus Trump. And you're looking for that infighting that we love. Um, so everything you say is true and I am an idiot, but I don't want to sit here and act like I didn't get fooled. I got fooled. But I, I, I do want to ask you this. When you're putting together that video, now you mentioned one is at night, one is it, you know, DeSantis, the sun's out. Um, but... I felt like you could not have put that together, spliced it, mashed it up any better. I mean, it worked perfectly. When you're putting that together, are you like, wow, it's amazing how how this is just so seamless? Uh, well, to, to sort of give you some background on that specific uh, approach of mashing together conversations or interviews, you know, I grew up watching uh, Weird Al Yankovic do these these fake interviews where he would take actual interviews done with um, musical artists and then insert himself asking different questions, right? And so I, in high school, started making my own versions of those. And in in college, I you know got an A in a radio production class for a a specific sort of version of that that I did, right? So uh, I have <laughs> three quarters of my life I've been thinking about you know how you integrate different forms of media together you know back in the 90s we used to call it culture jamming right where you you know you'd mix all these things together and so i think that that's a sort of a big part of my 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 upbringing and the way that i relate to media and and combining those things so it's sort of it does kind of come naturally to me and upon listening to it i did realize and i'll say this that while i i can't quite understand how somebody could watch it and think it were real. If you were a sightless person uh, and you just listened to it, especially if you listened to it on a phone where the fidelity, you wouldn't notice that like Ron DeSantis is very clearly um, not like his voice is, is coming through a, a microphone PA system and not through a TV microphone uh, where that fidelity wouldn't be clear. You could, you, you very well could conclude that it, might have been a real conversation right but again you know i attached a tweet immediately following it to right. clarify that it was not real and there are subsequent many 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 tweets after it where i clarify hey this is this is not real so um the idea that has been really pushed by the like the republican party of florida and DeSantis's office and sean hannity that i was somehow trying to trick people right. well if you're if you're trying to push disinformation you don't immediately identify it as something that was that was you know fabricated and right. and made up for that purpose right right uh that's that's sort of the the difference there right. so but um, has but, the has the backlash gotten scary at all because i know you know things could get sort of dangerous well you know it's i i certainly you know i went through this a couple of years ago i i tweeted a video of um, the actor Vince Vaughn shaking hands with with Donald Trump at the national championship game. And I simply it, I saw it as a video of people who were singing along to Sweet Caroline. 
and and badly, right? Like out of sync and everything. Because right. that's what was happening in the background. And I tweeted it out with something like, I'm sorry that, you know, I have to show you this. And it was read as this, you know, a, like attack on on Vince, Vince Vaughn, Vaughn or something. And uh, like Don Trump Jr. tweeted it out with some nasty thing about me. And I, I, I got like death threats for that. So, you know, obviously you work at Gawker for eight years you, you get used to people yeah. saying nasty things about you yeah. and so you know in this instance it's just uh you know a most of the people you know trying to you know dunk on oh i can tell that this is a fake video are also at the same time sharing it which is getting the key message out the the inconsistencies in how we describe whether something is a raid or not, which is the point of the video. Right. And and so it connects it with more people, which is sort of the point. And if you're going to do my work for me in the course of criticizing me, I will happily take right. that criticism. Did did you get people accusing you of working with like the Biden administration? I bet you got a lot of that. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds right. of that, that, you know, yeah, yeah. oh, uh, you know, Democrats have to fabricate this thing. And it's, and it's like, right. no, I'm not. You know, and it is. Look, Jimmy, it's it's a little more sensitive to me right now because my wife is a is a city of Tampa um, city councilwoman. So um, the relationship that I have with politics in the state in particular now is a little different than it was just a few months ago. And, you know, I'm not trying to to I'm not trying to cause, you know, any kind of conflict with with anybody in this. But as you know, things are uh, very, very complicated uh, in the state of Florida right now. You know, the governor just removed our our state attorney and our state right. attorney also happens to have been a high school classmate of my wife. So, you know, there's there's a lot going on there. And uh, so it's it's in my best interest to to not uh, create this sort of drama. And I certainly was not trying to create any gotcha. of this sort of drama. I, I I was trying to make a uh, an interesting video to prove a point, and it it really kind of uh, it blew up way out of my control. What has been for people who don't know? If I mean, like I said, if you're on Twitter, Tim, who's Bubba Prague on Twitter, has come into your feed numerous times with viral videos. Do you have what are some viral non-politics? Let's go to sports. What have been some of your biggest videos, just for my own curiosity, if that have gone crazy on Twitter? Uh, a lot of them are videos where I've taken, I think, really interesting sports moments and used um, a couple different approaches, algorithms, programs I've written to um, make them like super slow-mo. Uh, I have two different videos of Simone Biles doing flare exercise that are in extreme slow motion. And that's something I started doing again, like way before I was at Deadspin. It was this just, again, making something goofy. Let's take this sports moment, slow it down to an extreme degree and set it to, uh, you know, indie pop music from my wife's music collection. Mm -hmm. And it is like, this is just totally uh, like jarring and it's just weird and it's the thing that i that i that i've just been doing for a really long time and that's sort of in the line of that but nbc so those things they go very popular and nbc in the olympics they didn't take that down because i thought they take everything they they send out the uh what are they called dmcas or whatever right they well um in in this instance and in a lot of those instances the because i have transformed the video so much it's protected under fair use there you go and in the occasion that you know i do get a takedown and i and i get a, a number of takedowns i post a lot of 
sports highlights and things. Right. Uh, I always, um, you know, send a, a counter notice and I have, you know, um, I, I don't want to jinx myself. Uh, I have a wood table, so I'll knock on it. But, you know, I, I have yet to not prevail in any of those counterclaims. Good job there. I, I remember the one time I got one on Twitter was I posted the last scene ever from the Sopranos in Halston's. And I think the reason I got it is it's not because of the Sopranos. It's don't stop believing right, right, journey yeah. is, is uh, I guess you're not allowed to post that anywhere. Um, I want to get into the Manti Teo doc. One of the things that blew me away in the Manti Teo doc on Netflix, the it's called untold the girlfriend that never was Tim's a big part of it. It was Tim and Jack Dickey at Deadspin who broke the story that the girlfriend never existed. One of the things that blew me away, I actually I texted Jack when I watched it and I said, I need I said there should be a Netflix doc on Tim Burke because I was blown. Was the setup we see in the doc your own house and your own setup? Yeah. So it's sort of interesting because the um, when we when we did that story back in, in 2013, I lived in St. Petersburg uh, just across the bay and it was in a much more. I was working out of a, a bedroom and it was a much more cramped space. It was, it was a, it was a bad place. And I, I sort of, we live in Tampa now where um, I actually have a, a whole office to, to myself. And so it's a much bigger space. So, you know, that is where I work. That's where I am right now. Uh, what you see in the film is my general working uh, position. And that's, that's, that's what I do. Uh, the configuration changes depending on, um, particularly which clients I'm serving and what purpose I'm I'm doing. If it's uh, for sports clients where I have to have, you know, all the NFL games up, or if it's for news or politics clients where we're, we're doing different things like that. But uh, for the most part, what you see in the film is exactly what my office looked like and where I was working as of when we filmed it in April uh, last year. Okay. So, I'm going to get pull a screen grab and, and I'll I'll put it online of when I post this of what the setup looks like, because it's amazing. But for the listeners who haven't seen the doc or won't watch, can you tell us how many screens, what you have going? Give us a little synopsis. I got a count here. Let's see. So yeah. we have 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. There are 29 that I can see from where I am right now. There's a few behind me. 29 uh, there are, screens. Yeah. There's also You're... about four. Uh, don't tell my wife this. I've got about four <laughs> other screens that are in various stages of, of repair. Now, are uh, these all me. like, do you use all streaming services to watch and pull things is it do you have tvs do you have cable are there computer monitors what's you don't have to give me every i mean i'm sure it's very detailed but the, give me the overall gist yeah, of what your setup well, is well be, because because i live in florida and it and it rains and storms here every day uh, <laughs> i have to have something other than direct tv direct tv right. is is what the i rely on most America. of the time but the, when yeah. when it storms i have to have a backup and so i do also have a, a cable television subscription uh and then there are a you know, a, a number of these are set up with um, streaming services. I have, I think, I mean, I basically have all of them, right? Because right, right. in order to cover everything in sports, you have to have Peacock, you have to have Apple TV, you got to have all this stuff, right? Yep. Uh, and then, you know, there's a whole lot of these screens now that are attached to to uh, essentially like homemade hardware devices that are specifically that I've that I've programmed specifically to display 
certain video feeds, whether they're news feeds, whether they're um, local TV feeds or their sports feeds or satellite feeds for, again, um, the purposes of some of my my clients and the things that they need me to be on the lookout for or things that are in development for clients where, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a client who specifically needs something that rotates through all of these certain TV markets that they cover. And so, you know, we, we built something that way and it shows, you know, like I've got New York here and it's got uh, 25. I, I've got 25 different video feeds from New York City and they're updating constantly, uh, you know, every every minute. So that's a lot of it because there's there's parts of my job where I'm supposed to be able to identify when news is happening. And there's parts of my job where I know that, for example, tonight there's a Houston Dash soccer match that I have to cover. It's on uh, CBS Sports Network. So I have to make sure that the DirecTV tuners are going to record the CBS Sports Network. And then I also have to have the backup in case it rains tonight. So that's you know it's there's there's it's juggling a lot of things in here and i'll also say there's 29 some screens in here but only whatever 10 of them are on right now i don't i'm not wasting electricity to display things that i don't need to be paying attention to but come that first full saturday of college football season most of them are going to be on because there's just a lot of things that i have to that i have to be on top of for them so thank you for reminding me of a good decision I made, which was getting rid of DirecTV a few years ago, going to Fios, because I don't miss those days where one drop comes and the TV's out. You've mentioned a few times here clients, and you've mentioned you have to do something for your job. For the what is your job? What what are the clients? What what is what do you do? Well, uh, <laughs> Jimmy, it's really funny because right uh, just a couple months ago, my wife and I we were actually on the neighborhood home tour. Uh, we're very involved in, in our in our neighborhood, and and that's how she ended up on city council. But right before she was named to city council, uh, we were on the home tour, and so I had about five hundred people come through this office, and they came through and they looked at this setup in here, and and it's not just the screens; it's that you know there's a giant server rack with. Uh, you know, miles of wiring and cables going through it. There's the all of the extra cables and backup stuff hanging on the walls. There's there's just a lot going on in here. And everybody comes in and asks that question. They say, what do you do? And it's a very difficult question to answer because I, I cover a really wide array of uh, of tasks that people come to me and ask to do. And I think maybe the best example of of what I do is to go back to the Academy Awards when, you know, I was the one who sourced and posted the uncensored video of the interaction between Chris Rock and Will Smith. Right. 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 I and, remember you know, that. I know where to find these things and and I get them to where they need to go. And so sometimes that means that, you know, I have a um You know, I I have a client who I was working with for things like the NCAA tournament and the final four to make social content based on on video highlights and things like that. Okay, right. You know, I have a client who uh, works in the technology realm where they do things involving advertising in sporting events. And so I capture an incredible amount of video for them. Uh, sometimes my clients are actually the leagues themselves because I'm able to return to them better quality video of their broadcasts than they are mm-hmm. even able to get within That's themselves. Right. Uh, so, wow. you know, and then, you know, I work with a lot of startups, particularly news and politics startups to help them access the the video that that they need to do their reporting, uh, to do their analysis and research. I set up, um, you know, a, a, a 
like I have a startup that I'm working with in the Midwest right now. That's a, a new startup and I'm helping connect them to how they can monitor uh, all of the local news happening in the region that they're covering. So I have, it's a really wide array. Yeah. If it, you know, if it were up to me, it would be more for, focused in sports than, than news and politics. I think that my, you know, my time at, at the daily beast sort of really convinced me that, uh, spending all day long watching things like Fox News or or even if you're watching MSNBC and just right. saturating yourself in politics is, I think, really unhealthy. 100%. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, this is a dumb question, but you said you have 29 screens. You got 10 going now. College football. You I mean... Do your what is your eyesight like? Do you go to the eye doctor and he's like, give it because I know I my eye doctor and I just stare at one screen all day is like take the breaks, stare, you know, a hundred feet into the distance, every 10 minutes do this. I can't imagine what your eyes what your eyes must be like at the end of the day. But this is the thing, <laughs> is that most people stare at one screen all day. Right. I'm looking around all the time. So that's better. So I, like my focus distance is changing just from like the screen to my left to the screen in the middle, let alone. Uh, like the 4k screen that I have six feet back that way. Then there's these, you know, screens up here, there's ones over here. So it's always changing. And one of the things that I sort of fell into this is, you know, I kind of bombed out of my, my PhD dissertation because I just, I couldn't focus. And I just, I've never had really, you know, I, I, ADHD, whatever right. I'm from out in the country, it was never diagnosed. They didn't do that back then, sure. but uh, it was it was pretty obvious that I just didn't have the 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 focus necessary to be able to to complete something like that. And as it turns out, that sort of lack of attention is uh, is a, is an advantage, right? Yeah. It's a it's a benefit when it comes to trying to follow a whole lot of things at once. And I sort of picked up on this, I think, when I worked in radio when I was in high school, where. Uh, if you've ever worked in radio, there's sometimes you have to listen to and attend to multiple things at once, especially you, you know, you're queuing up uh, a record. You might have a remote that you have to go to that you're waiting for. You're waiting for you know the ad break to finish. There's, there's, so there's a lot going on. And I found that I was actually really good at that. And so this sort of kind of harkens back, I think, to the the idea of juggling a lot of different media sources at once that I first started doing when I was 13 years old in my town radio station. Right. Wild. Um, I, I promise we'll get to tail, but since you brought up, let's just do it just for a minute. So the Will Smith, Chris Rock incident. So I remember Will Smith slaps Chris Rock at the Oscars, the videos on Twitter, but the ABC feed, which we all saw here in the United States cuts away and a lot of it is a blank screen. And then I, they definitely didn't have the Will Smith shouting out, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth and all that stuff. You were the one that had the full video of everything. I don't know is if it's a secret, you don't, but like, how do you know where to find that? So something I've done for a really long time is, is to seek out sources of international video feeds. Uh, I started doing this probably, I think, when I started it at Deadspin, maybe a little before that, just because I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting to hear how uh, sports highlight was called in a different country. And so I, I have like a really massive database of international video feeds or where to find them on like up in the sky with a satellite dish or all of those sorts of things. 
and really for kind of any big event, I try to to pull you know from a, a source like that. In this specific instance, I actually um, my the feed was was very delayed. The one that I had access to that would have been an uncensored version. Uh, and I actually relied on uh, a, a a friend of mine who I knew was recording the Japanese feed for me, and actually sourced that from from that person. Wild. Um, but there's, you know, in general, like it's like the World Series. I try to get a Japanese feed, you know, for the World Series or the All Star right. Game or things like that because it's, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to hear how those things are covered you know, uh, in other countries. And, and in this instance, you know, we had a Japanese television feed that was uncensored. And, and in comparison to, you know, I think soon after I posted mine, somebody who lived in Australia posted what they had seen, which it was unedited in Australia right? Uh, and uncensored in Australia. And, you know, that didn't have a Japanese translation going on. I think the one with the Japanese translation is kind of more interesting. <laughs> I just think it's, it's, it's unique that, you, you know, you hear, you know, Will Smith screaming at, at, at Chris Rock, and then you hear, you know, an attempt at a Japanese translation. It's it's <laughs> it's it's just funny. It's just it's yeah, part of yeah. it's part of what that moment is to me now. Right, absolutely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right. Finally, the Manti Teo. It's a two-part series on Netflix. It's called Untold, The Girlfriend That Never Was. 
most sports fans, if you're of a certain age, if you remember the sports blogosphere back when it was fun in 2013, anti Teo, big story, grandmother and girlfriend die in the same day, big football star at Notre Dame. Deadspin comes out with the story written by Tim and Jack Dickey, who used to work at SI, a friend of mine. Tim and Jack break the story that the girlfriend never existed. It was all a big hoax. And the Netflix series, which I watched, I, I said this on Twitter. If, if, I, part one is a is a good rehashing of all the events. You get the person who catfished Tao to explain what their process was and how it worked out. Part two, I found way more fascinating because that's when you get Deadspin breaking the story and the fallout, which I, I found it heartbreaking from anti Tao. Um, so my first question to you on it. And you you cover this in the doc, but where you know Jack explains he got a tip, just an anonymous tip to the random Deadspin inbox, and then you guys put the clues together. Just for my listeners, one: how long from the tip to when you posted that story? And when you posted that story, did you think it would be the biggest thing in the history of Deadspin in your career? Yeah, well, it's unfortunate that the the timeline wasn't necessarily clear in the film. Right. Because I think it's interesting. I think, you know, the the whole story behind it, Jimmy, where, you know, we got a tip on a Friday afternoon. It was January 12th, 2013. My wife and I were actually I I took the day off because it was our one month wedding anniversary. And I was out, you know, picking oranges in a, you know, a grove somewhere out in rural Hillsborough County. And I get a text, I guess, from Dickie saying, hey, you need to check the email. Uh, and I checked the email and, and I and I said, okay, well, I, I think we should head home now. And so we got home at five o'clock or something and I immediately started working on it. And I think I worked on it from about five that afternoon until maybe three in the morning when you know I had sort of, I think, identified who the person in the photos that were purportedly Lene Kakua was and that she was in fact alive. And I and so, you know, I picked it back up the next morning where uh, Jack was working on digging into who the person behind the character was. And I was working on trying to get in contact with that living person whose photos were being used to to represent Matt Diteo's dead girlfriend. And we had more or less tied the whole thing together by Sunday morning. And by Monday, we had turned in our draft of the piece and then it published on Wednesday. So the turnaround was, was five days and a lot of that time was spent on my, on my part, you know, putting together the questions that I had about the the story, because I, I I thought that this was a, and I, and I still do, I think, think of it as a media criticism story. This is a story about how something that didn't happen became the legend of a Heisman Trophy finalist football player and all of the organizations that contributed to telling that myth. And right. so, you know, the document that that I had that had all these questions, right, you know, and looking at the discrepancies that, you know, one outlet said that the the grandmother died before the girlfriend and another outlet said the girlfriend died before the grandmother mm-hmm. and the distance between the deaths ranged from an hour to a week. I one mean, of the, are- one of those outlets was SI. I had right, a little, an- I had yeah. a little anxiety watching it. Cause I said, Oh, this is, can I have him on now? He's, but we're, we're all good. But yeah, that was, uh, 
that was interesting that there was so much discrepancy. And so, you know, even before we had tied a lot of the loose ends together, that stood out to me as something that was so bizarre in what was a major story in sports that right. these that there could be and it and, and it was sitting out there in the open these these wild discrepancies that that couldn't be answered right. so that was the way that 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 turned around and i you know being somebody who really kind of i came up in the college football blogosphere and has always sort of identified myself as a college football person first and foremost I looked at this as being a story that would appeal to and perhaps impress many of the college football scribes that mm -hmm. I admired. And I was really looking for them to, you know, react to it. And as a secondary part for the fact checking processes of things like SI or ESPN to um, be scrutinized as to how something that the all of these things that never happened. Right. How were these things put into print? How are these it, things put on television? That's what I thought this was a story about. Uh, I had a bit of a clue that it might it might grow a little bigger, you know, when you know my wife went to lunch with a friend of hers who doesn't really you know follow college football and had mentioned that I was working on the story, and the friend was familiar with the story. She knew oh. about the college football player who dedicated his season to his dead girlfriend. Right, right. And then I then I started saying, oh boy, okay, this might be a little different than I was thinking it might be. Yeah. But I never, Jimmy, I never imagined this was going to turn into the story. That That's was. interesting to me. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It, it, the, the SI part fascinated me because I know, especially back in that day, we had staunch fact checkers. So that one, I, I'm fascinated to know what the process was there because back then they checked every single word really hardcore. So I, I, I would like to know what happened there myself. But number two, I do think, you know, it's interesting to me that, you say it's a media story, which it absolutely is. I mean, there's there's no denying that. But I think I don't think it's one story. I mean, I think it's multiple stories. You know, Jack, I thought was I liked what Jack had to say in the doc where part of the story ended up becoming about sexuality. I remember never thinking it was about Manti Teo. I mean, he clearly got hoaxed. What's hard is when you watch it in 2022 to remember where everything was in 2013. I could see maybe the day the Deadspin story comes out. No one knows what's going on. And until Teo ended up speaking in the documentary, it shows he spoke on Katie Couric, which it's fascinating. I was like, that show was on in 2013. It's not around now. Um, but it's interesting to me that you would think it's not. I, I would have thought when you posted it, you would have. There's so many layers to it. Um, and I think that's a, what I liked about the Netflix doc, because you did. I wrote this in my column today. It was fascinating to see how you and Jack got the story. It was fascinating to see how it all came apart in real life for Teo. And the part that I never really knew about was the effect it had on. I mean, he had anxiety for three years, his feet going numb. I, I thought the doc did a really good job in terms of that. And um, but I think it's tough when the story first comes out. I think everyone's first reaction is to make fun of and mock. That's what everyone does with every story. You look back on it and you're like, oh, my God, this this guy took a beating. The one thing that irritated me now and then were the people who thought he was in on it. I remember in 2013 that pissed me off. And I don't know. Obviously, now no one would ever think that. But it was just so wild that I, I think it's hard to say, like, everyone did a bad job because it was we've that was it's 
to me, that's an all time story. I think it might be the craziest story of my entire existence doing this on the Internet. Right. Well, at the time when we spoke with people who were directly familiar with this incident, right, the people who knew what was happening because they were they were close to the situation. They were. um very, I, I don't know if I want to say skeptical, but they they couldn't believe that someone could be could could be fooled like Duke. this, right? As now long you're about, as they were, uh, right? Now you're talking about this was in 2013, right? 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 So but see, again, I feel like we, I think we, okay, about 2013, okay, because I'm in my head, I'm thinking, okay, FaceTime wasn't as big as it is now. If it, that would not, get, no one would get away with that now because in five seconds it'd be FaceTime me. You know, back then yeah. in 2013, I guess most people had flip phones still. I don't know. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. But. Well, no, I I think. But, you know, uh, going back to something we started this conversation about where I said I could never imagine somebody could be fooled by this video that I made. And, and you said that, right. no, you, you had been fooled by that. Right. So, um, you know, the in that instance, and I think in this one, occasionally people can, you know, artificially increase their own naivete or if you want to say gullibility because they want to believe in something that they want to believe that it's true. And so they shut off any of their, you know, critical thinking skills necessary to do that. And so, you know, when you're outside that situation, you can look at it and, and you can say, Oh, you know, that, you know, he, he, he had to have had a clue. That, you know, so that, you know, he 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 must have been in on it because who could right. be fooled by that for so long? And I think something I really tried to make clear in, in the documentary and something I've maintained for uh, quite a long time, I think, after years of, of thinking about it is, you know, we talk about this, you know, Manti Teo girlfriend hoax. And, you know, the hoax to me, the hoax was not the the made up girlfriend. The hoax was that they're they're the relationship like the hoax was the nature of the relationship and how all of these details about how they met how they spent time together and all of this were allowed to perpetuate unabated and so i think that to me the villains here are the people who were around manti teo at the time who provided him with such poor advice about how to go about this and as I say, as I as I as I said for the, the documentary, I said, you know, if he had simply said, no, none of these things happened. I saw them come out in the press. I didn't know what to do about it. I got caught up in the moment. He's a he's a 21 year old kid. Right. 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 If he had simply said, I got caught up, it went out of my control. I didn't know how to you know, I didn't know how to stop it. So I just went along with it. Uh, everyone would have understood. And we would have we would have moved on. Right. Because that's an entirely rational thing. And I think that that is essentially what happened. But unfortunately, that that isn't how they handled the situation. Um, And so it became the, the focus instead of it being on, you know, how these stories became promulgated, how they became part of the legend. And I think, unfortunately, that the, the the documentary doesn't go into Notre doesn't really go into Notre Dame's role in perpetuating the the myth and how it tied it into well, the entire Notre Dame mystique. 
Right. Uh, well, one thing but, it gets into is the timing of it. It comes out right before he's playing in the national championship game, right before he's got to get drafted. He doesn't know how to handle it. Like you said, 21-year-old kid. Um, three things I want to say quick. Number one, if you are the listen, you or are my listeners hear any noise, I'm taping this next to a window and my neighbor's landscapers are doing their thing. So I apologize if anyone hears that. Um, two, I, 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 I can't, after watching it, I can't knock Tay out for anything. And the theory of how did he get fooled? How could he get fooled? I was one of those people in 2013, maybe in the beginning. But when you watch the documentary, now there's a point in part two where Dr. Phil comes out and I wanted to vomit because it's Dr. Phil. He's actually necessary because once I saw that whole thing play out, I really then I couldn't. I can't blame Manti Teo even 0.1% of any of it. it. Once the Dr. Phil thing plays out, you see how he got duped. And I don't know if the documentary wanted me to feel any sympathy for Naya Tuiasasopo. I felt not, I didn't feel like there was even remotely a level of remorse I would have expected. It was, I, I, I found it almost a little bizarre, the lack of remorse. Have you, what is, have you ever had any, they say dead's been called at one point Tuiasasopo, and she, I guess they hung up on you. And didn't right. speak to you back in 2013. Right. Um, I, I came away with nothing but massive sympathy for Manti Teo when it was over. Yeah. The from from where I sit and and, you know, we should never privilege our old thoughts or beliefs because they were rooted in where we were at that time. But I do think that and this is true for for any story where uh, you don't have 100 percent of what happened. Right. Um, the individuals involved in this story. Put themselves out as having this version of the events at the time this played out, as you saw, you had the Dr. Phil thing and, and you had, you know, Manti's version of it. And it has been consistent i think that the individuals who are center to this story have essentially staked out what that version of those events and how they felt about it was going to be and so you know the the documentary brings us closer to that truth but it doesn't bring us to 100% because the key individuals essentially have to present what they think happened as consistent with where they put the story position in 2013. Right. right. And so anytime you have a story like that, you're never going to know exactly what happened because right. everybody involved puts out where they are. And the story after that has to be, you know, has to have fidelity with the, the details that came out at the time. Um, and so I, 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 I think that it's, it's a complicated situation. And, and that's also, you know what, this is a documentary that, you know, in addition to having the involvement of, uh, of, of Jack Dickey and I, it did have their involvement, you know, in a way that, uh, you know, we did one previously with, for ESPN with Don Vanetta that did not have their involvement. Right. right. And if, you know, it's, it's like, is a, uh, is a unapproved, you know, biography more accurate than the official one? 
And, you know, sometimes that's true. Sometimes it isn't. And I also, you know, I, I, I weigh the veracity of every version of the events against those factors. And I weigh, you know, my memory is what it is. I'm fortunate that at the time this was happening, we, every single thing that went into the reporting of this story was done through text, right? We texted each other all the details. Right. We have Google Docs that, you know, we have the Google Doc where I did the reporting. And then we have the Google Doc where Jack and I collaborated on the official story. And all of those, you know, I, we, we should all be so fortunate to have these important moments in our lives documented so clearly to, you know, help guide our remembrances of those things. Because right. Lord knows if I didn't have it, I would, I would have, you know, a, a totally different version of these events. So, I think that those are all, you know, as you as you watch a documentary like this and you and you think about it, particularly when you have uh, people who were young at the time and 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 factor in that there's, you know, every no matter what people tend to tell. And, and this goes for me and everything I've said to you today, people tend to to spin a story in a way that that privileges them. And that's always going to be the, the, the case whenever anybody you know provides any personal narrative yeah i i guess i just i bought everything Tao says in this document i you know three years of anxiety and those issues and the falling in the draft um there's also a whole thing here about the nfl basically don't want to touch them because of this controversy which uh, makes no sense but i don't even that's a whole other issue I, let me ask you this before i let you go i, I had one I don't want to say problem because it makes it sound like it's, it, it. There was one thing I wanted more from the doc, and I don't know you and Jack at Deadspin at the time if you had any involvement here. But the one person I wanted to hear more from, who had, who I have questions for. I mean, they, I think everything got covered well with Teo and Tuiasosopo. The woman that Tuiasosopo was trying to be, it's Diana. Diana. I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, Omira, Diane, yeah, Di Diane, yeah, Diane Omira. What did she think about all this? Because it was her photos being used. She's on screen for a second, but Jack told me that was old footage. I would have loved to have heard from her. Do we know? Do you know where she is in all this? And is she just staying out of the the whole? Yeah, story? I mean, I think she was. You know, the, the whole episode of trying to get in contact with her was, you know, a, a modern adventure through Facebook messages and and, you know, modern technology, but also, you know, ghosts that we had to dig into to try to yeah. locate her. Right. And upon reaching her and, you know, saying, hey, uh, I just I've got all these pictures of, you know, somebody's purported to be this person. Can you tell me, you know, which of these pictures are you? And she writes back and says all of them. And then, you know, immediately calls me and and is is panicking. And I think that from the from the moment that I contacted her, she had a sense of what this was about because she she knew that she had gone through this whole thing with, oh, there's this cousin who's a who's a big fan of yours. Will you take these pictures and write these what to her were, were meaningless letters or numbers or symbols and things? Uh, and, and she just went along with it because this right. was a, a friend of hers from, from high school asking for a favor. And, you know, she, she stopped 
responding to my calls fairly early in the reporting process because she was reasonably freaked out about this. Yeah. Um, she had actually not heard the Manti Teo story. And so, you know, once I explained that to her, uh, she really was and understandably, right. Uh, that's why, you know, I'm, I generally don't like refer to her by name anymore because she's made it clear that she doesn't want to be tied to this. We didn't use her name in the original story. She did, you know, out herself. She did. I do don't a, want to interrupt you. Interview, so. It's so funny you say that because when I watched the documentary yesterday, the first thing in my head was I never knew that name. I never heard that name ever. Yeah, I, I, I think we use the name Reba in the story. Uh, she did uh, again, event, eventually, you know, come out. Yeah. And uh, do, I think, one television interview. But uh, that was it. And yeah. so, you know, I yeah. I hope for her sake that she doesn't remain very, you know, tied to this because she, you know, re you know, regardless of your opinion on any of the other characters involved in this story, she is truly an innocent victim of all of this. Absolutely. What she did for me as a viewer is she just made me feel even stronger about Manti Teo being a victim who deserves nothing but sympathy only because of that one incident where it sent me this and then the picture is sent to him. And what is he supposed to think when he gets that picture? Right. Um, and, you know, that was, you know, that was a, a picture that she was able to eventually, you know, share Right with, with us, right. Right, right? Uh, is is one of the one of the ways that the the narrative was able to sort of be tied together by that. Uh, you know, so it's you know, I I appreciate her desire for for privacy yeah. in this. Uh, one thing that I think is actually really interesting is um, that I think we kind of had an assumption that once this thing came out, that Naya sort of you know, disappeared. And uh, in, in reality, you know, just a few months after the story came out, uh, Naya started a new Instagram and started living her life on there that way and has been there publicly being who she is ever since. And so in that sense, I'm sort of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that two people didn't have to completely disappear from the face of the earth as a result of this, regardless of their involvement in it whatsoever. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's one thing I think I regret. There's, I mean, there's a lot of things I regret about this story, but it was also, again, the time and place and right. the way that we, you know, the way that we did things in 20 early 2013, at least I think things sort of, changed a little over that year but uh i we didn't follow up on it the way that we could have mm -hmm. and and part of that is because of my bias toward thinking it was a media criticism story like right. hey we're going to uh we're going to debunk all these things that were written in the new york times and by espn and right. by the south bend newspaper and that's what i thought the story was and so we, I didn't really follow up on it in the way that it would have been interesting to follow up by like a year later, seeing if Naya would talk to us. Right, right. Um, Were you surprised that Naya and Manti both did this? <laughs> uh, no, 
and that's sort of you know where we kind of get into the the oddities and not not to place a whole lot of inside baseball on this but you know five what was it five years later i guess so yeah five years pass after jack and i write this story and then a producer uh reaches out to us and says hey we'd like to option your story and so you know i talk it over with um a a, a bunch of people that i trust including uh, i think someone that you know billy corbin uh the the documentary filmmaker mm-hmm. and they all say oh yeah you know this this looks like a, a good deal for you guys and so after a couple of days you know we decide to to sign with that production company and then two days later okay five years pass and then two days after we sign the option agreement, a different production company, and that was the one, you know, the the Way Brothers, the ones who ended up making this film, contact us and say, hey, we'd really like to option your story. And we've got the two people involved already signed up. And then you had already of, agreed to the other deal. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, that was just a bizarre set of timing. Yeah. But, you know. Um, I'm not surprised that they were involved because, um, they, you know, were, they had a reason to be involved. Right. Right. Uh, and so as it turns out, it, and it worked out fine. Like the company that we had, um, optioned the story to, you know, licensed it to, to these guys. And so it all, it all worked out and, uh, everybody was, was, was very happy with the result, I think. And so that's, you know, the way that that kind of, kind of develops. And so, uh, I, but no, um, you know, there's a, we know now, I guess why, you know, the, that, that Manti didn't participate in the ESPN version of this because he had signed to do the untold version. Right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. It's, I I thought it was a really fascinating documentary, especially for those of us in sports media. Uh, You know, I've said a couple of times it's, it was almost nostalgic in a way, and you don't want to use that word because that word has a positive connotation. And this ended up like you know destroying Manti Teo in some form, but it really was a you know for someone in sports media, it was an interesting watch. I think if you're not in sports media, the story is fascinating, and um, I really appreciate all your insight and 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 expertise on this. It really was interesting, so I, I thank you for coming on, and uh, everyone should watch the doc. Appreciate well, I, it. I, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you you watching and enjoying it. And and I think it's good. I think it's good that we have these conversations after the fact to to look back on the things that we did and and think about how if we, if it happened today, how we might do it differently and acknowledge totally yeah. mistakes that we made and, and, and acknowledge assumptions that we had that weren't true. And yeah. I certainly had a number of them. And, uh, you know, and, and to recognize those things and and think about how if a story like this came out today, how we would do it differently and how we would be more appreciative of where the individuals involved in it are coming from. And, and, and I think it's a good thing. I think we recognize that, yes, yeah, society, especially in this, this country has, has moved on to a, a better plane of, of existence. Yeah. That's what I kept thinking about the whole time was if this was today. I mean, I, I sadly, I watch everything that way. If this was today, if this was today, but thanks a lot. Follow him on Twitter, Bubba Prague. And uh, hopefully Sean Hannity leaves you alone. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 
$1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Joining me now, as he does every week for the Train of Thought segment part of the SI Media Podcast, my buddy from WFAN Radio, SNY TV in New York, back on a crazy schedule. He's on mornings now this week. He's usually the overnight guy. I hate this schedule because I there are, you know, there are like thirty times throughout the day I want to text you and I'm like, is he sleeping? Is he on the air? What the way? Where, where is he? I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, well, just text me and who knows? Because I don't even know where I'm going to be this week. Hey, here's the good news about this week: my alarm worked. I had no issues. Luckily, I made it on time to the morning show. So far, knock on wood, we're three for three. So everyone was on my side last week, by the way, saying you can't wake up from a nap and go back to a nap. Just so right. you know. But my only issue with that is that it, this is something I've done repeatedly. Mm. So I don't know why now, after years of doing overnights, why is this the one time that the, the alarm doesn't mm. work or whatever? But yeah. Um, so speaking of texting you, we had texted Tuesday night because because the Yankees were playing on Amazon Prime. And I said I refuse to watch it. I'm just not doing it. You did it on your phone, and then you had the game spoiled for you because you were watching the end of the Yankee game on Amazon Prime on your phone, watching the Met game on television, and the Met announcer, Gary Cohen, gave you the final score of the Yankee game two outs before it was over. So I'm I'm warming up to go on another rant about streaming, which seems to be like a theme, but this one pissed me off beyond belief. Saturday afternoon. My buddy Diesel's coming over for a couple hours. Beautiful, beautiful day here in New York on Saturday. I said, let's sit in the backyard. I'll barbecue some burgers. I'll throw the, I got the TV in the backyard. I'll throw on, there was an NFL network game at one o'clock. I think it was Bears against the Chiefs. And yeah, 
not exactly like a must watch, but figured, you know, let's have it on the background. Uh, I'm sure you and Diesel, you animals, bet it several several ways. Of course. <laughs> why else would I be? Why else would I be watching it? So I get the TV. I put the the Fire Stick is in. I go to the NFL app. I go to the little box that says Bears Chiefs. I click it, and to save a lot of details, to make a long story short, now I find out I can't watch it unless I'm subscribed to some fucking thing called NFL Plus. For five dollars a month. Now, keep in mind this. This is the frustrating part because I put it on Twitter, and then of course you get the idiots who don't know anything about uh, what's the big deal and this. This is the issue. I'm going to try to explain it for the dummies as clear as I can. The game was on the NFL Network. I get the NFL Network on Verizon FiOS. I pay for a cable, two hundred and fifty dollars a month. Part of the two hundred and fifty a month I spend for cable includes the NFL Network. I should be able to watch the NFL Network anywhere I want. No. Now, I go, this can't possibly be happening, as you like to say. <laughs> I, I said, I've got to be doing something wrong. If I pay for the NFL network, there's got to be a way for me to watch this through the... Now I come in my house. Now, I can watch the game on the NFL network at my house, no problem. But I said, I, for shits and giggles, let me check something. Now I fire up the Apple TV. Go to the Apple TV, go to the NFL app on the Apple TV. Now, unlike... Amazon Fire Stick on Apple TV, it literally said the words, you need to subscribe to NFL Plus. Wow. And there are people and there are people who think there are dummies out there who think this is like great that everything's available to you. And the the point is not that everything they go go back to 1983 when nothing was available. No, no. The point is not that it's available. The point is if you want to watch it, you've got to pay twice for everything. It's amazing that people don't realize this. Now, wait, why is that, though? Because it doesn't make sense. Every preseason game is on NFL Plus. And I guess if you're not watching it directly on... I was logged in. I was logged in with, like, my Verizon account on both of those things, but you cannot stream it. Okay, so you can't stream it during the... Now, during the regular season, is that going to be an issue? No, regular season, everything's on Fox and CBS and all that stuff. But still... It's still bullshit. Here's the here's the cherry on top of the Sunday. So now that game's over. It's now there's supposed to be another game on the NFL network at four o'clock. I think it was Bill's Colts. I said, hey, maybe I'll bet this since the other thing was a debacle. I'll get like go to put that on at four o'clock. It's blacked out in New York. They're showing me Jets Eagles from the from Thursday night or Friday night. I, I guess there's some weird, bizarre rule in New York with the local markets that you can't show the bills. I, the whole thing huh. is so so a, a complete debacle on the streaming front. Wow. All the and way you through. and I have been, we, we've been, as you know, obviously we've been complaining about this for a while. And I know we may be in the minority and people make it, it sounds like we're old. It's a, it's a friggin' problem, man. Old has I'm, nothing. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I no, well, no, I was just going to say just to, like, I didn't even think when we talked about the issues, you get home, you're lazy, you don't want to switch the TV input to the other thing, you want to flip back and forth. That was the issue I'm dealing with with the Mets and Yankees the other night. Right. Then the game started to get interesting, so I'm like, let me just sign in. Luckily, I somehow found my wife's password. You know how it is. Download the freaking thing on my phone, find the password, I get in, and then I'm watching the Mets game innocently, thinking I'm having the Yankee game. Oh, it's going to happen in the ninth inning, down two runs or three runs to the race, and Gary Cohen goes, oh, the Yankees just lost again. I'm like, what the hell? I didn't even think of that aspect of it. Here's where the delay, the delay is going to be a major issue on the Thursday night football 
on Amazon Prime if you're live betting because you're going to be way behind and I don't know what oh, people are going to do with yeah. the live betting. So that's going to be point. fun. It's going to be fun to watch that. Um, so yeah, there's my streaming. I, m- the issue is you got to pay for everything, pay for everything, pay for everything. And if you're a sports fan at one point, do you say enough? I don't, and, I don't and you're know. Not, you're not paying five bucks. I don't care if it's five bucks or not it's for preseason games on top right. of everything right. else. It's ridiculous. And the problem I had Tuesday night with the Yankees on Prime was I wanted to watch the Mets because they're playing the Braves. I knew Hard Knocks was on at 10. I was trying to finish the Teo documentary. So I needed the Yankees to be on a television. And uh, I was like, I'm not going to sit there. and I'm not watching a Yankee game on my iPad. I'm just not doing right. it if I'm home. If I'm out, that's a different story. But I'm not doing it if I'm in my house. It's just not happening. I do want to bring up, um, to piggyback off the NFL preseason on Saturday, I tweeted this. There are things you see that just make you shake your head that you just can't believe it. And I don't know how, if other people find this as shocking as I do, but NFL network on Saturday night, they aired four games. I gave, I mentioned two. They also at seven o'clock aired a Steelers lions game. I believe. No, no, excuse me. Seahawks Steelers. Okay. Seahawks Steelers. Saturday night at 7 o'clock on the NFL Network. Going head-to-head Saturday night with Yankees-Red Sox on Fox. Fox, not FS1, Fox Network. More people watched the Seahawks-Steelers game. Now, maybe you're out there, you go, well, NFL will always beat MLB, sure. You have the first NFL preseason game where nobody plays against Yankees Red Sox. Here's the kicker though. Fox is in 40 million more homes. All this information by the way is via Anthony Krupe on Twitter. Everyone should follow him. Anthony Krupe, look him up. Fox is in 40 million more homes than the NFL Network and more people watched a Seahawks Steelers fake game than Yankees Red Sox. The, and I I think a lot of that has to do with like we I think with the gambling being legalized in so many states and the apps and you do it right on your phone. I think that's adding a lot of juice to games that normally nobody would watch. It has to be. And the other aspect is probably people trying to get intel for their fantasy drafts. Like, otherwise, it doesn't make sense. I, you couldn't pay. Now, look, baseball, we know, is a local sport. So those right. numbers locally, I'm sure Yankees, Red Sox would blow away whatever preseason game is on outside right. of the Jets or Giants. Nationally, I kind of understand it. But I just the preseason football, to your point, nobody's playing like – I can't watch it. Games that don't mean anything that nobody's playing. And what am I going to learn from that? Well, and here's the thing about Yankees, Red Sox. Everyone nationally complains about they're sick of the Yankees and Red Sox. They're sick of the Yankees and Red Sox. They don't want to see it. And then every single highest rated game of the season is Yankees and Red Sox. Well, outside of the but, Field of Dreams game. Yeah. Give me the give me the top matchup that you would think in a squad. I mean, who would it be right now? You want to watch Otani uh, versus who? who like, the, what is it? Angels, Dodgers, whatever the top matchup in baseball would be nationally. It still would get blown away, I would think. Right crazy um have you looked at nfl i started to look at nfl over-unders have you started to look at them yet no i'm not there yet although i think that this after this weekend i'm gonna have to start to make that transition to start yeah. looking and get my mind ready for the football season whether that's fantasy whether it's gambling the over-unders all that stuff i thought of you this week when shyam's charnia tweeted the nba christmas day schedule 
Yeah. Now, as out. we know, the NBA Christmas Day schedule is completely irrelevant because they're going to get blown out now by three NFL games. First time ever. The NFL will have three games on Christmas Day. And it was a great it was a great tweet uh, on Wednesday by Field Yates of ESPN who listed the schedule. Like you have five NBA games, three NFL games all on Christmas Day. And, you know, that for me is heaven and I for you is hell. It's hell. It is hell. There are two days a year I want free without sports that I can enjoy with my family without having to worry about a bet and over on. What are those days? Christmas and Christmas Eve. That's it. Oh, oh, oh. So that's those are the two days. I don't you know, Thanksgiving, whatever. It's football is a part of the deal. It's always been a part of the deal. You know, New Year's I could give a crap well, less about. Who cares about anything but else? Here's where, yeah, but here's where your logic now is failing. You just said Thanksgiving football's part of the deal. NFL is now part of the deal on Christmas. It's this like is it. it. There's going to be three NFL games on Christmas Day every single year, except when they play. I think on Tuesday and Wednesday. I hate it. It ruins it for me. Now, when you when it falls on Christmas Eve, that just sucks. But that's bad luck. Like it is what it is. When the, when a football Sunday falls on Christmas Eve, when you purposely schedule games on Christmas Day, I like. I just I can't do it. I don't want to be doing it. I can't do it. I cannot watch that day the same way that I. The thing that drives me nuts is I can't do what I want to do. What I want to do is watch all three games the way that I would on a Sunday. I can't do that on Christmas. It's impossible. It's, yeah, but it's easy to watch because it's only three games. You get one in each time slot, so you don't have to flip around. You lock the TV in on one game. Dolphins Packers one o'clock. You put it on the TV. You don't have to change it the rest of the day until four o'clock. When you put on the Broncos and the uh, Rams, I believe it is. I'll have them on. Like usually for Christmas Day, we go to my, I go to my in-laws' house. If they're not sports fans, whatever. Like we're doing other stuff. It's family stuff. My, you realize the NFL is trying to get me divorced. They are trying to get. I, it's bad enough with the twenty Sundays that I commit. I tell my wife, "Look, we got two weeks. We want to go to Montauk. You want to enjoy <laughs> ourselves? Let's get it in now because football is coming, and you know what that means." And now I'm supposed to tell her, "Hey, Christmas Day. I'm sorry that it's our daughter's Christmas. I'm going to your brother's house with the kids. I got to watch three football games. I can't, I'd be divorced." You're, here's the thing: it, your presentation is all wrong. You don't say, "I have to watch." three football games. You say, "Hey, there's a game on at one o'clock. Can we just throw it on the TV?" You make it like it's a little, like it's a soft thing. It's right. nothing. But you're going so into now, it like it's a regular Sunday with 12 games where you got the boxes going. Oh, you just got you all you got to do is be like, "Hey, can we just get Fox on that TV for a minute?" Boom, you right, locked in. But but you but okay, but think about what you're saying now. You're right. And I'm going to say, "Okay, well, can you just put the game on?" I am an addict. Whether it's gambling, whether it's watching the game, I can't just be like, oh, that game's on in the background. If it's on, I'm going to be into it. And my wife with the phone, put the phone down. You're not here. What do you think she's going to be saying if I'm sitting there? She's going to say, it's Christmas. We're at my brother's house. No, enough with the football. That, so I can't win. And here, here's spot. your answer. Here's your answer. It may be Christmas, but it's an NFL day. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I get during What's the day. What's the other matchup? What, what do we well, have that, that's Dolphins? what I was going to. Okay, you read my mind because I was going to say, okay, during the day, I get it. You got to do the bullshit, whatever, family and nonsense right. and this, presents and food. and it. But that night, 820, Tom Brady in the Bucks against Arizona. Can you get into that? 
820 at night. Are you still celebrating Christmas Day at 820? See, we do Christmas Eve, both of us. It's that Italian thing where Christmas Eve night is a big deal. My family, by 820, everything on Christmas Day is shut down by 820. What's... Yes, but you're. Yeah. If I were at home, old school, yes. Even married, like if we were at my house, yes. But being at the in-laws, we're probably staying over because they're in Jersey, so it turns into a whole day and night. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'll be there. Now, could I have the game on? I have done it. Whatever the was it last year or two years ago, the Vikings were playing. I was in that game. Well, last year, was B- Browns Packers was last year was the highest rated, ga- second highest rated game of the season behind the Thanksgiving. Two, game. yeah, two years ago it was like Saints Vikings or something. I had, of course, the losing side of it. Right. It ruined my Christmas day. I was miserable to begin with at the mm-hmm. in-laws' house, and then, so, so I will be able to watch it, but I can't watch it the way that I want to watch it because I'll be distracted. Now, my and wife, I- my wife will say that I'm distracted from what we should be doing. Because right. I'm watching the games and I'm going to be distracted from the games because I got to deal with the family crap. And here's the reality. The reality is you'll end up betting it and then you'll just be checking your phone every 30 seconds. <laughs> no, so you're going to be distracted <laughs> anyway. You're going to be distracted <laughs> anyway. You might as well just please have it on the TV. Now, I'm begging you for my marriage. Please stop scheduling these well, games. And it's it only going to get worse. Christmas Day now belongs to the NFL and I love it. Oh, I love and it. Black, I can't get it. You got your Black Friday wish. You, and you I got, yeah. I, three years ago, no, four years ago, 2018, four years ago, I came up with that concept. I glad the NFL listened. Now, I had said make it a night. See, I thought 9 a.m. is good for that Black Friday because you wake up after Thanksgiving and you feel like shit. You're miserable. The food, the, the day with the family, you're not, you're groggy. You don't want to go to the stores with all the other crazies who are out there on Black Friday. So I thought 9 a.m., you get the day started, but. But, and you know, I also said it, and I want to, I got to look into this. I had said 9 a.m. for that game. I said a London game. I threw it out there, make it in London. Because I know college has a bunch of games on that Black Friday. So I'm very curious. It hasn't come out yet. The information hasn't come out. But I'm very curious about what time that Black Friday game is. I don't know if it's going to be 4 in the afternoon or 8 at night. As long as I'm with you, it should be in the morning. I think that would be perfect. It's either going to be early in the morning or late at night, and I'd be okay right. with. It. Well, they're not going to do it in the morning because they'd have to do it outside of the United States. So it's right. not going to be in the morning. I would, if I, listen, if I had a, a someone who covers sports media, if I had a guess, that's going to be an eight o'clock game. Agreed. That would be my guess. And on Black Friday, I love that. That's great. Yeah, another- I'm, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to that. Although you know, that still could be your home, family time, Friday night. Think about it. So you're going to have football all day Thursday, a football game Friday night to watch. If you're in a college, obviously you have that all day Saturday as well, and then the NFL Sunday. And you have college all day Saturday, Black Friday too. Friday right? as That's well. a packed. Yeah, it's a beautiful weekend. <laughs> it's a beautiful weekend. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. To wrap up quickly, I just covered the entire Manti Teo mm -hmm. Netflix series with Tim Burke, who was one of the dead spin reporters who broke the story. Yeah. But you watch. I'm shocked you, you were able to squeeze it in with your schedule. Um, what did you think? I feel bad for him. Um, I, I think at the time I was probably like, come on, dude, how could you get fooled like that? But that person took a, took advantage of somebody who wanted to find love and, and all that. And it's the, the hard, that's not even the bad part. The bad part is that because of who he is, he will never be able to not be associated with that. And the fact that he, you know, talked about getting made fun of and it ruined his NFL career. It, it harmed his life significantly. I feel horrible. For, for I, I do think, I do think though, this series, I think it will accomplish something. I, I, what you said about, it, he's always going to be associated with it. He'll always be associated with it, but I think this series will absolutely make people, have sympathy for him. Right. I wrote in, in my column today, I said, if, if you are not heartbroken for Manti Teo after watching that, I, I don't think you have a heart. I don't know how. I, and I also think it's very easy for all of us in 2022 to say, you know, how did you get fooled in 2013? Remember, Twitter wasn't what it was. It was, you know, it, it wasn't this mm -hmm. thing that it is now. Th that person, Tui Asasopo, would not have gotten away with that for more than maybe two or three days today. It, and, and think about the extent that they went to. Like the part that got me was when Tay was like, "All right, enough of this shit. Send me the picture right now with the date right. and this and that." Well, and he, he gets it. Right. Like right. that is so they so you could understand them being fooled. The other right. thing, real quick, is and I'm glad you had Burke. The idea that mainstream media and this has even gotten worse since then. They don't fact check at all, and they can just run with stories well, like right. that. But I do think, listen, Manti Teo comes out and says, my grandmother and my a girlfriend died. Is who and Manti Teo at the time, one of the top college football players at Notre Dame, was you know in the running for the Heisman, all this. Who would think that's not true? Like, I get no, fact. Nobody asked for a picture of him and his girlfriend together to print in the paper or to have on their like, Well. Well, then, because then he's got to come out and say, we've never met. Well, that's what I mean. Because so, like, they never met. Led, that would have led to finding out, well, okay, well, that's odd. Well, and what then, are you going to do, though? The guy says, my grandmother and girlfriend died in the same day. You're going to start grilling them? I mean, if you're a news station, you're not going to just you not fact check that? I don't, Or even just out of, like, innocence, go to try to find out more about the story, find out about her and her family or details. Like, no, nope, they just hear it. And then boom, Oh my God, his girlfriend. Well, died I do. I don't know. I do think though that, you know, let's say with a current athlete, if the, if, if a current athlete has a wife or girlfriend, who's not a public figure, 
I don't think people are going to even today do a deep dive. I mean, I'm Maybe. trying to think, you know, I don't want to use a name, but like, you know, if, right. if the quarterback on this team says, you know, well, I mean, I don't know. NFL quarterback might be a little different, but. Yeah. Now those know. things are so public anyway. with social yeah, And, he's, media and at the time he's also a college kid, you know, yeah. the, I don't blame him for, you know, maybe being a little naive. Um, but the yeah, fact that I, people thought he was in on it, like that's all BS. Well, that something. irritated. Yeah. That irritated me. I just think I'm glad he did it. And I'm glad this series is out there because I just think he needed that for him I, I, to hear what he went through afterwards was really just jarring. And I think this was really smart that he did this because he laid it all out there and I don't see how anyone could have anything but massive sympathy for him. Yeah. And a lot of people should be apologizing to him. A lot of those news outlets that's, and stuff like that. That's they, where we see that one. I, again, any story that comes out on social media, all of our first instincts is to make fun of it. I, I, I just, but that's not, it's a human part. nature and thing. The, the making fun of it is you're, you're right. Like everybody's going to make fun of it, but the insinuation that he would have something to do well, with that. That I agree with. That I agree with. That bothers that's me. the problem. I from a guy who by every account was right. a great human being. Right. Like, it's not like he was some shady character and had issues, but, right. The sad thing is, if that story came out today, no one, half this country would not believe that he had nothing to do with it because now everything's a conspiracy theory. Right. And that one's the ultimate conspiracy theory. Did I hear you say when you did the morning show on FAN this week, you watched the other Woodstock documentary on Netflix? Yeah, did you see it? Woodstock 99? I saw the one on HBO. How is the one on Netflix? I don't know if I want to do another one, but I wonder uh, if you I, I thought it was good. I wouldn't say it was great. Like, I don't think it's must watch, but you relive some of those memories and it's just despicable how the people who ran the thing didn't give a crap about the person who went there and just right. basically let them burn the place down essentially they would the people got sick it was it's horrible it sounds when like you, though it's not much different than the hbo one i did not see the well ananda lewis oh too. okay and okay. i love and, ananda lewis so okay. it was better did, for, it was better for me did you ever watch the espn thing i told you about the um Oh God, I forgot the name of it. The uh, imposter. Oh no, I don't think I saw that one yet. All right, you got to watch that. You I need have to it watch that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, watch that. All right, Sal. Good All stuff. Right. Can't wait for Christmas Day. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye. All right, my thanks to Timothy Burke for the very, very interesting interview. Covered a lot of topics. I enjoyed it. Hope you guys did too. If you did, please leave comments on Apple and I'll read them uh, on the pod next week. My thanks to Sal for a good train of thought segment. Uh, quickly, if you missed any recent episodes of the SI Media Podcast, dip into the archives, check them out. Linda Cohen from ESPN and former WWE head writer Brian Gerwitz were on the pod last week. Alan Seppenwall from Rolling Stone giving you summer television tips two weeks ago. John O'Ran and Dave Meltzer. Three weeks ago, Peter Schrager, also on the podcast recently as well. Go into the archives, check them out, subscribe, leave a review on Apple, we'll read it next week. Appreciate you listening. We'll see you next week. Stay safe and take care. At 
Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. 